Welcome to Pardon the Confusion. My name is Paul Arnold. I'm hosting tonight, and my guest hosts, my co-host, my buddies, my pals, Ernest Watts and Chris Daniel are joining me. Pardon the Confusion is all about having fun, talking about sports, culture, whatever we want to talk about in culture and history even, because Ernest and I are pretty old. Chris is fairly young, but we all have kids. And just starting with you, Ernest, when your boys were under the age of eight, did they watch the NFL? Oh, yes. Uh, they're, you know, they had no choice. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, one's transitioned from a Redskin fan to a Cowboy fan, and the other one transitioned from a Panther fan to a Titans fan. Yeah. I mean, that was, we gathered around the warming glow of the videogram, the TV, and, and imbibed in the old sport. Yes. Back when the yes, TVs hummed when you turned them on, they went boom. Yes, tubes. They yeah. had tubes to them. Yes. Yes. And, and listen from the sacred words from Pat Summerall and John Madden. Nice. That's a nice combo. Chris, at what age do you remember really watching the NFL? Oh. Um, you know, I remember watching the the Bucks, you know, when I was little. But yeah, I'll, I mean, yeah, all all growing up, I've always watched the NFL. Yeah, yeah. Here, here, here's the test on when you watch the Bucks. What kind of uniforms do they have? Oh, they had the good ones. They the had uh, the cream sickles. Oh yeah. Bucko Bruce. Oh yeah. The the winking pirate. <laughs> well, Buccaneer. Boy, he just—he just wants to go one step further with that. I can tell. <laughs> just saying, he does. That's it's a winking call. pirate. Like, yeah, a, you look at him; he's winking like Errol Flynn. But you don't even know who Errol Flynn is, do you, Chris? Uh, I feel like I've heard him before. I've heard of him before. Yeah, I he think he Nazi, did a movie called a, "The Gay Buccaneer." Yeah, oh. he also was a Nazi sympathizer, but that's another story for another, <laughs> for another time. <laughs> So with Pardon the Confusion, you get plenty of old man references, so Chris is going to bail us out. He's under the age of 40. He's under the age of 35. I'll, I'll stop there. So we're going to yeah. talk about the NFL. We've had our first full week, and if you weren't watching Peyton and Eli, you missed it. But uh, let's get to the real games here. So Ernest, who's in more trouble? This is Overreaction uh, Podcast Week. You know, it's one week down, so we're going to overreact. Who's more in trouble? The Titans? The Packers, the Ravens, or the Bills? Ravens. They're, they've they lost three running backs, their best cover corner. They can't block. So everyone knows the only and in in number one receiver, the wide receiver Bateman out of Minnesota. So everyone's going to zero on Lamar Jackson and just pound him, pound him all year long. I mean, they're not only are they in trouble because of the loss of personnel it's the division that they're in. I mean, they've got to go against Cleveland and Pittsburgh. The Titans have nobody unless the Colts play a lot better in their division. Uh, I mean, the, the, the other teams, Buffalo doesn't have any problems. I think they're going to clinch. The other ones don't have much competition division. So I think the Ravens are a lot more trouble. Kind of makes that whole thing about that 19-game exhibition game winning streak kind of like a lot of folly at this point with the injuries they've occurred. Chris, did you watch some NFL this last weekend? 
You know, I didn't watch a whole lot, but I'm in two fantasy leagues, so I, I keep up with that. And I was at a wedding on Sunday, and there was a TV for the Browns, and I would say at least 30% of the wedding guests were watching the the Browns game. Um, so I was hearing the who's and how. So I definitely do not think the Browns are in trouble. They were on the road. Uh, their punter made a mistake, and I, I just think they're going to be fine and they're just caliber yet. Cause they were probably playing, you know, uh, one of the top three teams in the, in the league and they're not quite there yet, but I think it's, it's a kind of a wake up call. We need to get there. I actually think Tennessee was, well, I agree with a lot of earnest points. I do think Tennessee is probably in the most trouble. Um, they just, if they're not going to get that running game together, then their offensive line, I mean, Luan, great Michigan guy, but dear Lord, he look. I mean, I he, he plays left guard. For everybody the, go by him. Yeah, he, left tackle. Oh, left tackle. But um, up. yeah, but he yeah he led everybody. I think he gave up five sacks and I don't know how many tackles for loss, but he was just a sieve. And um, so I I I do think that offensive line is going to be rough and if you don't have an offensive line you're gonna have a tough running game even if you have the best runner in in football their quarterback play is average at best because they lean on the run Uh, i don't think their their defense is as good as it once was so i i think they're gonna take a major step back this year and i just i think they're gonna they're gonna have some trouble well since you guys jones really abused taylor abused abused five sacks and I think only Luan gave up maybe three of those, but I mean he got beat so handedly. It wasn't. I mean, he could have gone against me, and he had the same result. I mean, it was it was bad. And Tennessee has a rough second game. They got to go to Seattle. Baltimore's got a tough second game going up against Kansas City. Yeah, I mean both. Yeah, but I don't know, gentlemen, if going zero and two with a seventeen game season is as bad as it was with the 16-game season, especially now that you got three wild cards. Yeah, I don't think it is either, and I, I actually am not – I'm not worried about Baltimore making the playoffs. I think they're going to be fine. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to top 500. I really don't. I mean, Cleveland should have won. I mean, their punter couldn't take the snap, and they still had a chance to win at the end of the game before Baker Mayfield threw an interception on a bad throw. Supposed to go but to they had a couple of series before that that they didn't they didn't, you know, capitalize on. And yeah, they held but, they held the uh defense. But I mean, they now, gave the ball over on the fifteen yard line. So I guess what can you do on that? But do you know Pat Patrick Mahomes record in September as a starting quarterback? Probably not good. Eleven and zero. Oof. Which does not go I mean, too well for uh, Baltimore this week, but I mean that's just—it's Kansas City. The last they only lost one game last year, and that was to the Raiders. And they, you know, that's that's a hard team to go in and beat and play a close game. I would be encouraged if I was Cleveland. Oh yeah, absolutely. Now that you weren't—you're not quite there, but you're getting there. You're close. Everybody's burying Green Bay, but nah. as, I'm gonna see. I heard a quarterback a couple of years in a similar situation, and what did he say? R-E-L-A-X. Relax. Now, you know, he could get rid of the man bun. That I would advise him to do that. 
Shaley obviously talked him into that, but you know, that was a fired up New Orleans team. They were representing a team that just went through a, a hurricane. I'm not entirely surprised. And, and all this talk about Jameis Winston being the second coming of Joe Namath, he only threw for 165 yards. I know it was five touchdowns, but but that Alvin Kamara is what drives New Orleans for the last five years. It's not Drew Brees. Well, it's not Michael Thomas. It's Alvin Kamara. But I think also with the Saints, what they're talking about is for the first time and the last time they were talking about this with the Saints, they won a Super Bowl as their defense. And that defense just, you know, they put up a, an egg against, I mean, in a good way, against Green Bay. And, and they, they're, they were playing lights out. And, I, again, last time they were talking about their, de- you know, the Saints defense was in, uh, what was that, 05 in Katrina? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, going yeah, into so that cool. game, uh, Aaron Rodgers was five and four playing in, or four and five playing in Florida. For whatever reason, he doesn't play that great in Florida, or uh, just the teams he plays in Florida give him a hard time. And I agree with you guys. Packers are going to be okay. I mean, who do you got to play this week? The Lions. They'll be okay. Um, the so, Lions. The Lions. <laughs> All right. So everybody's interested about the quarterbacks, and my lookalike son. My son, people say, looks like Matthew Stafford. So we were thrilled Matthew Stafford had a good game for the Rams. But the news seemed to be which rookie quarterback looked the best. And Mac Jones looked pretty darn good. So, Ernest, which rookie quarterback looked the best? Well, I mean, Jones was going to get a win until they had a fumble going to the end zone. They were moving towards the go-ahead score. He looked, I mean, to the extent that he was pretty much – all he had to do was 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 carry out Belichick's plan. I mean, he didn't have to win the game. He was a caretaker quarterback. So he looked he looked pretty decent. Fields went in and they had some had some plays for him, some triggered plays. I saw Zach Wilson play pretty well in the second half. First half, Panthers just blitzed him and he just not has not seen blitzes like that. But he settled down in the second half and he he drove him to the end to two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Uh Trey Lance went in one play through a touchdown pass. Can't do much better than that. Trevor Lawrence, a lot of people are going to beat him up because of the number of interceptions he threw and the fact that he lost to the team we thought was the worst, Houston. So all in all, since Mac Jones is the only one, him and Zach Wilson were the only ones to play with Lawrence entire games, you have to say Mac Jones did the best of the five of them. Yeah. Yeah. I think the other ones just have an incomplete, um, but yeah, I mean, Lawrence has got a tough, tough gig. I mean, it's just a bad team and it doesn't matter if you have a fantastic, I mean, uh, I don't think put whatever, whatever the best quarterback, whether it be Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes, I don't, if you put Patrick Mahomes on that team, I don't know if they're a 500 team or better than 500. I I don't think they are. They are just a bad, bad team. So it doesn't matter what kind of quarterback play you have there. It's just a bad team. You think they're, you think they're above 500 team if you have Patrick Mahomes on that? Yeah, I think they're a playoff team. I think Patrick Mahomes could make, I think he could pick any okay, playoff team. Do you think and you could make, give Patrick Mahomes the if if the Lions 
<laughs> who, or, or well, at least you know the 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 Tigers drafted him. I don't know why the Lions didn't. But if the if the Lions drafted him, do you think he would have the success he's having now? Oh, not success. No, they would not be a Super Bowl contender, but they'd be a five hundred team. They win more games, they lose. Yeah, I don't know if they would because I think he would have gotten hit so many times. But he has the ability to move and not take the real hard shots. Remember, the only time he's injured is when they stupidly ran him on a fourth and one quarterback sneak. And if you notice this week, they they put the tight end in motion, let him take the snap and go in. So they've learned their lesson. I mean, he he really doesn't take that hard shots. He's so mobile. Yeah, I think he could. Make the Lions a 500 team, but no. That's a hot take. Okay, we, we've yeah. reached no, our limit of Lions gonna, talk for any given not podcast. Gonna put him in the Super Bowl. <laughs> not going to put him in the Super Bowl. All right, so I got an off-the-board question. Uh, it comes from that Julio Jones went to the Titans and didn't have a good first game. Which player do you think has jumped the shark that, you know, used to be a great player and this may be one of their final years of playing? Ernest? J.J. Watt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I just... The injuries he's had, and even in limiting him, do, I mean, I just think he's jumped the shark. And should we explain what jump the shark means? I mean, does everybody... Okay, here we go. No, no one does. There was a TV show many years ago called Happy Days, which was set in the 50s. One of the iconic characters was Arthur Fonzarelli, who was a hood, who was brought on the show as a part-time character who was popular because of certain phrases. The show was number one in the ratings in America until they decided to do an opening episode in a new season where he rode his motorcycle over a tank with a shark. And then the ratings plummeted because they realized as not no, no, no. how stupid no, that no, was. No, he was on water skis and he jumped over a shark. Water yeah. skis, yeah, okay. And, and a little lagoon well, this is, in California. This is how many years, like, yeah, but how many years had this been going on before they did this? This um, is like the ninth season yeah, or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it about already spawned tw- two other shows by that time. About 15 years three after three that happened, shows. somebody said anything that's over the hill or is reached past its peak. You call it jumping the shark. So, saying that, you say that JJ Watt is yeah, has jumped what? the shark. All right. How about yeah. you, Mr. Daniel? Uh, I don't know anybody who, you know who, who just got cut. Who might who might not get another job is Cam Newton. Uh, I know that's not really jumping the shark, but I don't I don't know if he's gonna if he doesn't get this job with uh, Washington. I don't. I don't know no, what. They're not. They're, they're not. not. They're not. I mean, he's got history with Ron Rivera. Not great history, I'm guessing. But I. I don't know who you're. Who else you're going to get? I mean, I. I think he's. I th- he can't be a a backup because he's you know ego's too big, and you know his his body's writing checks and his you know ego can't cash. Uh, I don't know if that's the right saying, but that's good anyway. Yeah. I like it. Thank you. Thank we, you. We can't say Watson, can we? Ooh. Who? Watson. <laughs> yeah. No, he's not. He's not over the hill, and he just might be out of the league. Who knows? I've heard there's been a lot of teams. They want six. They want six things: either six players, six draft 
you know, draft uh, capital, but they want six of something. Six, and six, nobody six. has been able to come. Is that what they want for him? Yeah. Uh, good, yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah. I mean, but also teams are trying to get some sort of, you know, I don't know, insurance saying, okay, we'll give you this. But if he ends up, you know, being suspended by the league or on the, you know, commissioners, you know, cannot playlist, we get some, something in return, you know, because if, he, if, if they don't play him this year, and he is on the player. If he's on the suspended list next year, with the assumption he clears up all his legal matters, mm-hmm. we saw with Michael Vick. You sit out two whole years. You're not the same ball player. Uh, look at Le'Veon Bell. He's yeah. struggling to get a to get a you know a job. And I mean, not luckily, but I mean the Ravens are depleted, and I don't think that he would have gotten another job if he if he didn't have that. But he he's struggling to find work and it was all just because he was, you know, he got a, he, he got paid, but I mean, he, he was out of the jets in what year and a half. Yeah. I, I just, I don't, if he's gone two years, he's not going to be worth six. They'll be lucky to get anything above a third round draft pick for him. I, no, really I think they'll get something, but he's, I, I mean, as quick as this league moves, I don't think, I think they're just going to forget about him and say, yeah, you, you were good, but there's so many other talented up and coming, you know, quarterbacks that are a fraction of what you cost. Why would we, why would we take a shot on you? If, if we have no idea what you're going to do. I mean, the example is Mike Vick who went away for three years and he was not one fourth. I mean, he could start, but he wasn't the singular talent he was before he went to jail. Oh yeah, no. I'm wondering if this if somebody like the Patriots or the Steelers or one of those like storage franchises that has actually a good solid franchise would pick him up. Um but they got know. quarterbacks. I mean they got Mac Jones in New England and Yeah, and maybe not New England, but Pittsburgh's, Pittsburgh's got trying well, they're trying to get Haskins. They're trying yeah. to spring him out. Well, he's a cheap. He's a cheaper option too. But again, he only played one year of college ball. I don't think he's a great. I think he was way overpicked, and uh, yeah, I don't think he's the answer. And everybody, all the other quarterbacks minus Ben, don't deserve. All right, you to gave me the great transition. You talked about a former player from Ohio State, and uh, <clears throat> who lost this last weekend down in the horseshoe? Uh, I know Chris texted me and said, "Hey." Ohio State lost and Michigan won. Is it my birthday? And I said, no, it's Ernest's birthday. But anyway, so Clemson lost a really defensive battle against uh, Georgia. Neither team looked well, good, well, whatever. And then Ohio State loses to Oregon, and they're claiming they're going to do something about the defense down Ohio State. So who has a harder time getting to the finals in the college football playoffs? Clemson? Or Ohio State, Ernest? Clemson. Because of the competition, the ACC. ACC is probably the fifth best, maybe the sixth best football conference right now. They've got no one else ranked except for Carolina at 24 and Virginia Tech, which is 20, on their table. So if they run the table and it comes down to a choice of a second place, Georgia or them, uh, they're going to take Georgia the fact that they've beat them already. Uh, you've got the competition with Iowa, Penn State. Ohio State's schedule from here on is a little tougher. They win their conference. If it came down to Clemson, Ohio State would both with one loss, 
I got a feeling they're going to take Ohio State. I think Oregon runs the table. They're coming in. Oklahoma wins. They're coming in. They both bite. Both bite. Excuse me. These people speak English. Might be a case where both of them are out. And your final four is Oklahoma, Oregon, Georgia, and Alabama, depending on what George does the rest of the season. Mm. But I think it's tougher for Clemson. Ohio State has a harder schedule. I think they're going to get in. Mm. What do you think, Chris? I, I think Ohio State is a, it's harder for Ohio State to get in based on Ernest's points of the ACC because I think it's Clemson has an easier chance to run the table. I think Ohio State has a lot harder chance to run the table. So they have two losses. It's that's that's not gonna they're they're even further out. So they they you know I think. Now, if both of them lose one more game, they're obviously neither one of them. But I think just with the ease of schedule that Clemson has, uh, and you know they they played a, a number two, four, you know top five team, they didn't lose that that bad. It wasn't like a, a shellacking. Uh, I I I think they'll they and it's also I mean both of these play, you know teams played it in September, so it, a lot is forgotten by the time you know December rolls around. But I, I do think. Ohio State has more of a opportunity to lose a, another game than than Clemson, which would make their route to you know get to a, a, a playoff even harder. But this it doesn't you know it doesn't even matter. This is Alabama season, and it's not even close. So they got a tough game this week. They got to go to Florida. I think they're fine. Come on now, at least the I, I like I like Florida. I mean, both my brother and sister went there, but. It's just, it's almost sickening how good they are and just how they just, they just reload every year. It's just, it doesn't matter how many wide receivers. I mean, it's just a whole new batch of, I mean, you could build a quality SEC school. You could, with their second teams, I mean, they would, I mean, Vanderbilt should just say, hey, we'll take all the second teamers and we'll we'll play with those guys every year. So you're basically saying the best game of the year would be practice. Just at Alabama, first team. Exactly. I would <laughs> most years. Yes, I would say <laughs> the practice at Alabama is probably the best best games you're going to say. Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah, I was watching well, one of. The, I was watching the uh, Saints and the um, Packers game. They're talking about how many players are now from Alabama and the pros right now. In in the last ten years, Alabama's just been stocking it up. So, Ernest, do you? You know, this early in the season, you expect some upsets, but do you expect coaches to get fired this early, like you saw Helton got fired out at USC? Well, SC has a has a done this in the past. It's not unusual. Uh, they did it with the previous quarterback, who was drunk on the tarmac. So that's now he's the quarter. Now he's the coach at Texas. They did it with Lane Kiffin while, and, and Lane Kiffin had a winning record. I mean. Ever since Pete Carroll left, SC has been kind of limbo. I mean, they have great talent. They just don't have depth. And with the entire conference up to this year being kind of less, I mean, they, they, it's, it's, got, you remember, you've got one of their quarterbacks starting for Georgia right now. Kids transfer right and left off that team. I don't know, you know, who they think is going to come in there. They've already talked about, Meyer going, but Urban said 
under no circumstances would he leave to take a college job. When's the last time I heard that quote? Oh, yeah, that was Saban <laughs> when he's with the Dolphins. But, you know, they claim that Eric Bieniemy is is the number one candidate for the job, and I just don't know. I mean, he's a great offensive mind, but he's never coached a college team before. I just don't know who they can bring in. Bob Stoops would be a great pick if he comes off Fox television. Well, I thought he, he had health issues. That's why he quit. Oklahoma, and that was—I mean, his doctor told him, you know, you know, the best best way to solve that health problem is a ten million dollar contract. <laughs> uh, they were saying Meyer contract didn't help Meyer <laughs> oh, a little gosh. bit. Oh gosh, yeah, that guy—he's gonna—he's gonna die on the field, I imagine. Uh, they were talking about James Franklin today too. I thought, or Bill O'Brien, who's the offensive yeah. coordinator at uh, Alabama, who was the head coach at Penn State. Yep. The other the other thing I think why they're doing it now. So in 2019, if they would have fired him, he had a 20 million dollar buyout, and so now that the, you know this is, you know, and then he he finished five and one last year, so you can't really. And he went to the you know the pack championship loss, but you can't fire a guy after going to the pack cha- you know pack you know whatever they are five or six championship, and then so now it's like okay, you just got. I mean, you're down by three touchdowns or four touchdowns. Uh, to Stanford in the fourth quarter. I mean, it's just, it's not a good look. So that's why, but I think they, they had him because of such a, that the reputation they were building with uh, Sarkeet or who's the guy down in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just all the, the crap that he was involved with and the drinking and uh, you know, this guy was a man of integrity and just, a stand-up well, he, gentleman, and that's why they kept him. And they needed so he needed some some stability in that program, and that's what he's done for the ten years. But I mean, they've they've wanted a new coach for three years, and they just you know haven't been able to get it. So well, he was the interim when they let Sarkeesian go, right? And at that time, the AD was Lynn Swan. That's right. Who should not have been athletic director, exactly. had no experience whatsoever. So he wanted to pick a Trojan man. You know, he wanted a USC guy. So he kept, you know, it's remember who the coach was before Ogeron, him. Wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it Odron took uh, over after uh, after uh, Lane Kiffin left and won more games than he lost, and then uh, they let him go. Where does he go? Win a national title at LSU. So they've had coaching talent. They just uh, McKay's not coming in that door to quote Danny Ainge. Uh, John actually, was, McKay, that's an old reference. Ooh. I know, and actually that wasn't – Danny Ainge just said that. That was uh, the old Louisville coach. Sorry, I misquoted well, that. Well, did you did you hear – just sorry to go off a tangent. Um, didn't uh, – who's the Notre Dame coach? Brian he, Kelly. Or Kelly. Yeah, he was interviewed, and he was all for the he, – he, he said a uh, McKay quote. He's like, I'm in favor of execution, the entire team or something like that. And he, he got – Oh, that's yeah. Chip rushed Kelly. on social yeah. media. Chip yeah. Kelly, Chip you, Kelly that's U.S. Yeah, UCLA. Yeah. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. It was, it was, it was Notre Dame's coach. No, no, no. He said this. Double check that, man. Double check it. I will. I will. N- okay. Good, man. It was Notre but Dame's. You, I thought it. Oh, whatever. Yeah, that's a nice joke in 1976 when you're. I know. The Tampa Bay <laughs> Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> when you're 0 and 26, but you can't. This is 2021. Is stuff you can't get away with anymore. Mm. All right, so we've covered NFL. We've talked a little about college football. 
we all agree Bama's rolling, 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 just rolling in the cash for their players too. Um, in the Big Ten country up here, we're just happy that Michigan wins a game. It used to be we'd be upset if they didn't win by 20 or 30. Now we're just happy with every win. Um, and so right now it looks like Iowa or Penn State is the Big Ten favorite. Ernest, down in ACC country, do you even care who wins the Big Ten? Yeah, I like college football. Yeah, I watch Big Ten games. I'll watch Auburn and Penn State this weekend. That'll be the number one game that I'll watch because I think that will, and I think Penn State will win. I think they'll win by a large margin. That'll kind of establish a little dominance. It's big for a Big Ten team to beat an SEC team. I think there's a rivalry between those conferences in football that kind of used to be the same thing you used to see with the ACC and the Big East in basketball. So I, I think that's a big sport. Yeah, I like all college. I watched, I watched the Stanford USC game. I mean, I love college football. So this, this is my prime time in that respect. Uh, there's some great games, and I watched the Texas Oklahoma game too. So yeah, yeah, most definitely I watched the Big Ten. Uh, it's fascinating. Not to turn off the subject a little bit, but the Knight Commission came out with a study today and said they're recommending a, a redistribution of the $3.5 billion in revenue that comes to college football every year. They want to put a salary cap on coaches starting immediately. And if you believe this is going to come to fruition, I have some oceanfront property in Nebraska <laughs> I'm willing to sell you. Yeah. And by the way, uh, Chris just texted me with a Brian Kelly quote, and I retract my rebuke of Chris. He is right. It was actually Brian Kelly who put his foot in his mouth and chewed on it and said that quote. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I just, you know, I couldn't remember, but, you know. Yeah, knows. I thought I was so certain on that. Okay. <laughs> I know you were. It's old age. I'll just claim old age. Rebel. So, Rebel in it, Chris. Rebel Yeah, in this is where I just edit Chris out the rest of the show. That's all. We'll be good. Uh, Chris, do you care about who wins the Big Ten? Oh, yeah. Um, Did I interrupt your drink? Was that like a, a, I, Coke, I had, a, a Jack and was Coke a, going on? It was an iced tea. It wasn't iced, iced tea. tea. It wasn't a two-hearted well, ale. Not, no Long Island. It was just an iced tea. <laughs> I thought you were just having a victory drink because you proved yourself right. But That's I guess. right. I was like, ah, ah. Ooh, that tasted good. I tasted good. Did you pour the Gatorade over your head right then? <laughs> if you can guess the color, you, you, you'll you get a dollar. In the All right, mail. here's another part in confusion um, real quick. Wait a second, Chris. All right, so yeah. Norm MacDonald just died yesterday, famous Saturday Night Live comedian. Um, but I was just, you were just going, ah, that was so good. There's so many great Saturday Night Live comedians that have great, you know, lines. John Lovitz has a bunch of them, you know. You know, that's the ticket. That's <laughs> so. Um, when you were growing up, Chris, did you watch Saturday Night Live? Do you have any favorite uh, Saturday Night Live comedians? I, I feel like your see, like your favorite season is kind of when you were in middle school or high school. Uh-huh. It just doesn't matter, like who. It, so mine was uh, I had Farrell and Jimmy Valen and Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. And that crew, Horatio Sands and Chris, uh, not Chris Pratt, uh, Chris, (laughs) I don't remember. It was not. But yeah, I I have, I mean, I think Fubal Farrell was probably the funniest dude alive. More cowbells. More cowbells. Chris Katang. Chris Katang. Yeah, his his career tanked. Boy, wow. Yeah. Uh, Ernest, your favorite uh, Saturday Night Live person? 
Well, let me tell you something, Paul, and I mean this sincerely. You're <laughs> marvelous. Billy Crystal. The, yes. Yeah, the, the first years, I mean, the original crew, Belushi, Aykroyd. Chip I didn't Chase. know Billy Crystal was on this. Yes. For, that's when the the the, the uh, show was kind of suffering in ratings, and they were but going to cancel it. So this kind of falls in the Norm Macdonald thing. This is yes. why he got fired. Is the head of NBC kind of took it over, and he's real tight friends with OJ, and <laughs> Norm would make all kind of OJ jokes. I mean, Norm Macdonald was a comic genius because he kind of blended old style with uh, really sarcastic turning comedy, and he always had that like that gleam in his eye. I mean, I've uh, if you get a chance to read his book, please read it. Uh, he never really hit it big, but he was a great stand up and just is his. I was listening to an interview to him today, and he's you know, the guy was telling about when he got in trouble with OJ, and the guy said, Well, I guess you know, any publicity is good publicity. And Norman Donald said, didn't work out too well for Hitler, did it? And <laughs> I, was just, I mean, he was smart. He was witty. He loved sports. He did a lot of great sports stuff. And uh, he, he kind of like Chadwick Boseman, he had cancer for the last nine years and kept it secret because, as his writing partner said, he did not want people to look at him or his, his comedy differently and get any sympathy from it. So, uh, like I said, I like the first, the first few years, it was something new and unique because before that, all you would have was reruns of tonight show on Saturday night. And it had, it came on while I was in college and we would sit around and watch old movies, Casablanca, uh, Key Largo, things like that. So I got introduced citizen Kane and then it came on and it was so counterculture and so revolutionary is like something you've never, ever seen. Remember, this is back when you had three networks, okay? And basic television was this flat problem stuff that was fed to you. And this challenge, the, the first skit on Saturday Night Live was a guy named Michael O'Donnell, and he was trying to teach Belushi how to read English. I mean, Belushi had a thick Slavic accent. And the only English phrase he taught him was feed my fingers to the Wolverines. <laughs> and that's, that's it was this, this kind of comic Dadaism that like you see a money Python, which predated it. But see, we didn't get to see Python on public television to three years after it had been in England, but it was, it was, it changed all of comedy on TV before that was a standard sitcom Andrew Griffith, Beverly Hillbillies, Mary Tyler Moore, you know, kind of one story and a secondary story, and you laughed more at the characters than the jokes. And it revolutionary. It was everything. I mean, it's, and again, now I haven't watched it in 10 years. Mostly what I catch is on YouTube. If you hear a skit is particularly good, you watch it on YouTube. So watching Saturday Night Live has changed, I think, because the culture has changed. Well, that little confusion about the um, Saturday Night Live was always good. I love watching Saturday Night skits, and I watched comedians getting coffee in cars or something like that. Uh, last night, in honor of Norm MacDonald, he was talking to Jerry Seinfeld, 
And like you said, Ernest, he was, I would say, wickedly funny. It was sarcastic and funny and truthful all in the same time. And he didn't have to use swear words to do it. I think, but his best work was probably when he played Jeopardy characters, like he was Burt Reynolds in the skit playing Jeopardy. And that's a good one to look on YouTube. But we're going to have to wrap up this shorter version of Pardon the Confusion. Ernest, your final good minutes? Couple Let's minutes? Chris go first, and I'll be last. Oh, well, I would say, so I went to um, visit, uh, I was back in, in Ohio this, this past week and celebrating a, a wedding and with my brother. And, you know, just, uh, I, I don't get to, you know, especially with the pandemic, you know, I've talked to, you know, all my family over that time. I'm a big phone talker, but, you know, getting to see them was just such a great experience and just, um, uh, I'm excited to, to spend more time with them as the years come on and they're going to be coming out here. So, uh, just enjoy the time with your family and, you know, just enjoy every minute and they may drive you crazy every once in a while, but, um, you know, you love them, but you hate them, but just enjoy the time you have with them. All right. I hate to be the solemn one, uh, and I'm, I'm afraid sometimes when we do these at the end, I tend to be the downer, and I hate to do that one more time. Uh, I second what Chris has said, uh, and uh, I lost my niece today. Mm. She was 30 years old uh, because of COVID. She mm. had health issues, and I think it kind of reiterates the fragility of life and how each day is so important and we're not promised things. And, uh, of course, we are in a pandemic, and we may be in a pandemic from here on out, but uh, we are resilient, and we will pick up the pieces. Uh, please take this seriously. Please look out for those you love and yourself at this time and cherish every moment you have. Paul? Thanks, Ernest. Um, and I'm going to also go there, too. Um, it's, I work in healthcare, so does Ernest. There's only a limited number of beds, and I'm seeing time and time again situations where people got COVID and refused the shot, and it's life or death. I know you might not agree with all the politics, but it's your life on the line, and it's real. And uh, I've had to see uh, daughters say goodbye to their dad because their dad wouldn't take COVID, a COVID shot and, and wonder why. You know, it didn't have to be this way. So this is, you know, real serious for a sports podcast. Um but, uh, you know, life is fragile. Take it with care. And we love sports. It's a good diversion. Um, but uh, take it from an old guy. Uh, taking a shot's an easy thing, and it's worth saving your life. So, all right, for Ernest and Chris with a somber night, hope you get the vaccine. Hope for better days ahead with sports and everything else. Uh, have a good night. Mm-hmm.